بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله وحده لا شريك له له الملك وله الحمد وهو على كل شيء قدير In the name of Allah the most beneficent the most merciful All praise is due to him Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the only true God worthy of worship. To Him belongs the kingdom and the commandment. And I testify that there is no true God worthy of worship except Him, the Lord of the heavens and the earth, and what's between them, the most mighty, the oft-forgiving. And I testify that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa is his slave and messenger, the chosen messenger. Then it proceeds that some of the brothers asked me to summarize and put together a group of a hadith concerning the ahkam, the rulings, the judicial rulings. This is from the words of Al-Imam Abu Muhammad Abdul Ghani bin Abdul Wahid bin Ali Ibn Surur al-Jamma'ili Jamma'il in relation or al-Jamma'ili in relation to Jamma'il which is a village in the mountain of Nablus from the land of Palestine the Maqdisi then the Dimashqi the one who lived in Al-Quds then in Dimashq then in, in Damascus this is the author, this is the compiler. He was born Abu Muhammad Abdul Ghani Al Maqdisi Rahimahullah. He was born in the year 541 after Hijrah. Then he moved with his family to Damascus. And he took knowledge from his father. And also, he took knowledge from the scholars in Damascus then. And he taught hadith therein. Many were his students. And from them, most notable is Muwaffaquddin ibn Qudama. Ibn Qudama al-Maqdisi and Abdul Qadir al-Rahawi and others he traveled also to Baghdad seeking knowledge and also he went to Egypt and then returned to Damascus and settled there when Imam Ibn Rajab spoke about him and about his interest in hadith 
he called him Amirul Mu'mineen fil Hadith, the leader of the believers in Hadith. And then he described his affairs of worship and piety and good creed because of him following the path of the Salaf, Rahimahumullah. And Al-Muwaffaq ibn Qudama described him as his quote, colleague in worship, end of quote. And whenever we hasten to do good, except that he would be first. He used to enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong. And he was described as being a generous man, humble, yet with a notable character. He used to stand most of the night praying. In addition, he wrote many books and treaties most notable is the book which is called Al-Kamal Fi Ma'rifati Rijal the complete compilation concerning knowing the men meaning the narrators and this is a biography of narrators of the, book of, of the books of the Sunnah and he wrote the book entitled Al-Misbah Fi Uyun Al-Ahadith Al-Sihah which comprises the hadiths from the Sahihain and Bukhari and Muslim and he wrote this book he compiled this book which is called Umdatul Ahkam the main issues concerning the rulings from the tongue of the Prophet alayhi salatu wasalam he died, rahimahullah, on Monday, the 23rd of the third month from the 600 year after Hijrah. In Egypt, reaching an age of 59 years. Many cried for his death and many praised him and wrote poetry about him. Rahimahullah subhanahu wa ta'ala, rahmatan wasi'ah, may Allah's mercy encompass him. May Allah the Most High admit him to paradise. and admit us and our mashayikh and those who do good to us and the Muslims innahu ala kulli shayin qadir wa ameen wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam so this book deals with the rulings 
as proven by textual proofs from the Sunnah. Mostly based on the narrations collected by Al-Bukhari and Muslim. Imam Al-Bukhari who was born in the month of Shawwal in the year 194 after Hijrah in Bukhara and he traveled the Muslim lands seeking the Hadith and he compiled the books of Hadith most notably is his book which is called Kitab al-Jami' al-Sahih famous for Sahih al-Bukhari he spoke about his book Sahih al-Bukhari and said خرجت الصحيح من ستمائة ألف حديث ولم أخرج فيه إلا صحيحا I collected the narrations from six hundred and thousand six hundred thousand hadiths and I did not narrate in it except that which is authentic he died رحمه الله the night of the Eid al-Fitr the Eid of Ramadan in the year 256 after Hijrah and as to Imam Muslim Muslim bin al-Hajjaj the son of Muslim al-Qushayri al-Naysaburi he was born in Naysabur in 204 after Hijrah also traveled the Muslim lands seeking hadith and he was a student of Imam al-Bukhari and wrote authored books and most beneficial in his collection was his book famous for Sahih Muslim whom he spoke about and said I collected this Sahih from 300,000 Hadith he Rahimahullah died on the 24th of the month of Rajab the year 261 after Hijra in Naisabur Rahimahullah this book which is called Umdatul Ahkam is assigned here in the land of Tawheed as a course for the first preparatory class as a course in the first preparatory class this is the course of Hadith the intermediate school first class in the intermediate school this is the course on hadith this is the book and our Shaykh Rahimahullah Shaykh Muhammad bin Salih al-Uthaymin made a brief, brief commentary wrote a brief commentary on the 
narrations that is so beneficial for the seeker of knowledge. The book starts with the chapter on the purification, which is called At-Tahara. Linguistically, At-Tahara means purification, and Islamically it means lifting the ritual impurity and removing the filth or the removal of filth. This is the physical aspect of purification. It also covers the intangible aspect and that is the purity of the creed actions and moral character and from this is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah At-Tawbah chapter 9 verse 103 Take sadaqah, alms, from their wealth in order to purify them and sanctify them with it. Purify them, tutahhiruhum, purify them and sanctify them, وَتُزَكِّيهِمْ biha, and invoke Allah for them. And from that also, in contrast, is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah At-Tawbah, the same chapter 9, verse 28 and compare the mushriks are najas impure also from that is the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in surah al-anbiya 21 وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْقَرْيَةِ الَّتِي كَانَتْ تَعْمَلُ الْخَبَائِثِ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْقَرْيَةِ الَّتِي كَانَتْ تَعْمَلُ الْخَبَائِثِ And we saved him from the town, the folk, who practiced khabaith, evil, wicked and filthy deeds. Also from this aspect we read from Surah Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 90. إِنَّمَا الْخَمْرُ وَالْمَيْسِرُ وَالْأَنصَابُ وَالْأَزْلَامُ رِجْسٌ مِنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ رِجْسٌ مِنْ عَمَلِ الشَّيْطَانِ Intoxicants, all kind of alcoholic drinks, gambling, Al-Ansab and Al-Azlam, arrows for seeking luck or decision, are an abomination of shaitan. Rigid handiwork. So avoid strictly all that. It is the case with the compilers and the authors in the regarding the subjects of fiqh and a hadith and the hadiths concerned with rulings is to begin and start their books with the 
or with a chapter on tahara, on purification, because it is the key for salah. And salah is the most asserted pillar of Islam after the shahadatayn. Shahadati an la ilaha illallah wa anna muhammadan rasulullah. Fala salata illa bitahur. And thus no salah is established without purification. There is also another aspect to this. which may have not been intended by the scholars in particular, and that is reminding the one seeking the knowledge, that when he begins this journey to learn, he should purify his heart, and have sincere intention to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this task of seeking the knowledge intending in that the face of Allah and the last abode and to preserve the sharia and to propagate it amongst the people and to protect it and also to lift ignorance of himself and of the people so that they worship Allah based on sure knowledge the first hadith everyone should expect I say everyone but I should say most should expect what what would be the first hadith after this introduction the first hadith concerns the intention and this is the hadith of Umar Umar ibn Khattab may Allah be pleased with him Umar Umar ibn Khattab the leader of the believers and the second Khalifa Amir al-Mu'mineen Abi Hafs May Allah be pleased with him He said Sami'atu Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Yaqul I heard the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Say Innama al-a'malu bin niyat Actions are but by intention Wa innama likulli mri'in ma nawa And every man shall have but that which he intended فَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ Thus, he whose migration was for Allah and his messenger, and his migration was for Allah and his messenger, فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى اللَّهِ وَرَسُولِهِ وَمَنْ كَانَتْ هِجْرَتُهُ لِدُنْيَا يُصِيبُهَا أَوْ امْرَأَةٍ يَنْكِحُهَا فَهِجْرَتُهُ إِلَى مَا هَجْرَ إِلَيْهِ And he whose migration was to achieve some worldly benefit, or to take some woman in marriage. His migration was for that for which he migrated. And this is related by Bukhari and Muslim. Umar narrated this. Umar 
Amir al-Mu'mineen, the leader of the believers, the second Khalifa, from the notables of Quraysh. He accepted Islam in the fifth or the sixth year after the advent of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu message. And in his Islam there was a might for the Muslims. He attended all the battlefields and took the Rhine after Abu Bakr. After Abu Bakr's covenant to him and he established this Khilafah in the best way after Abu Bakr. And in the year, the 23rd year, and in the last days of the month of the Hijjah, four nights before the end of the month of the Hijjah, he was stabbed by a Magian. After he made the Takbir for Salat al-Fajr, He was carried to his home and he died three nights later and he was buried with the Prophet and with Abi Bakr, may Allah be pleased with him, in the apartment of Aisha, may Allah be pleased with her and his Khilafah lasted ten years, six months and few days. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and with all the companions. The subject of the hadith making clear the rank of the intention vis-a-vis the actions. And this is a great hadith, comprehensive one. making clear that the intention is comprehensive, covering all actions, such that there is no action without intention, and therefore the action's correctness or corruption, the reward upon it, or the punishment, is dependent upon the intention. And each person shall have but that which he intended whether it is a noble objective or a lowly despicable one the Prophet ﷺ made that clear in order to incite the doer to go high to aim high in his intention seeking Allah's face and the final abode and to keep away from the lowly intentions and base ranks so if the intention is correct 
intending the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then it is acceptable. And if otherwise, it will not be. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is most sufficient in no need for partners. Then afterwards, the Prophet ﷺ gave a similitude in migration. So that it will be a reference for the rest of actions. So the migrants, the migration, or those who migrate, have different intentions. And thus the reward will vary to a great extent even though the action is one and that is the migration so whoever migrates from the or whoever migrates to Allah and his messenger seeking the reward of Allah and the victory for the deen and giving help to the deen this is the sincere muhajir who attained in his intention the highest and most noble objective, and whoever migrates seeking this lowly life, and its vanishing enjoyment, is the one who went base in his intention, and therefore in the hereafter he shall have no share. The one who migrates from the land of shirk, seeking the reward of Allah and the protection of his deen and the support of the deen and seeking to know or to learn the sharia so his hijrah is fi sabilillah for Allah's sake and Allah will give him steadfastness on that and the intention distinguishes the worship from the habit take for example al-ghusl taking a bath if it is done intending to lift the janaba the sexual defilement then it is worship and if it is done for cleansing or to cool off, then it is a'ada, a habit. The benefits of this hadith, number one, emphasizing the importance of niyyah concerning the actions, and that the correctness of deeds, and the recompense, is in accordance with the intention. Secondly, inciting to have sincerity in the intention and making clear the merit of that. Thirdly, warning from seeking and intending this lowly life in our actions 
fourthly, that people differ concerning their intentions and that each will have but his own that which he in accordance with his own intention everyone shall have but that which he intended fifthly purification is from actions and therefore it cannot be established without any or without intention and everyone who performs the purification his purification is in accordance with his intention and this is the point of evidence in this hadith which fell under the chapter of purification sixth benefit the excellence in teaching by the Prophet and his perfect eloquence and clarification where he mentions the foundations and the principles and the general foundations, then he explains them by examples. Now, one thing is to be affirmed, which we learned from last night's class, is that this hadith is evidence that the intention's place is the heart, and utterance of it is an innovation. And from that, we also learn that it's a must to be careful concerning Riyā, show off, and seeking fame for the sake of this life. And that the hijra, the migration from the land of shirk to the land of Islam is from the most meritorious of deeds if the face of Allah is intended in that this is in summary the points relevant to this matter now we leave you with the questions on this class this is the assignment on this class each class will have its own assignment. The following assignment goes as follows. Number one. What is intended by hijra, by migration in this hadith? What is intended by migration in this hadith? Question one. Question two. What is, or how is the manner of migration to the messenger, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, after his death? What does it mean? Thirdly, why did the author, rahimahullah, chose this hadith of Umar in this chapter of purification?
what's the point of relevance? Third question, or fourth question. When did Umar, radiyallahu ta'ala anhu, accept Islam? When did Umar, may Allah be pleased with him, accept Islam? Fifth question. Fifth question. What is the Islamic meaning of tahara, of purification? What is the legal meaning of tahara? And this constitutes the end of the class one. And inshallah ta'ala, before we go to the next class, we would like to receive from you in the beginning of the next class, inshallah, we hear from you the answers to these questions. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.